Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. Well, I'm looking out into the crowd, and I'm just trying to see if I can see that uh, that hunger. You know, um, su- Sunday is a is a day for hunger, right? I mean, and it's really interesting how um, traditionally the service was at like eleven o'clock, and and then the hunger bells would go off, and you just wish that pastor would just get done with it and so we can get and I remember my mom when I was little she was the pot roast is going to burn if he keeps preaching you know but I you know I, I've been hungry before you, we've, we've all been hungry I remember when my, my son he was he was the hungriest person on the planet for for a while in his life and, and I remember walking into the kitchen every once in a while and there he would be with every cabinet open every door open and the refrigerator door wide open and he's just standing there. And I remember walking in on one time, what are you doing? He just says, I'm looking for something to eat. Right? And there was food all around him. He just couldn't decide on what he wanted to eat. And you know, sometimes that, that's us. There's food all around us. We just can't decide what it is we really want to eat. And sometimes, I have to admit to you, I default to the junk drawer, right? Anybody else here besides me have a junk food drawer? All right? It's not a secret, right? My wife knows where it is, all right? She even stocks it for me once in a while. But, you know, you go to that junk food drawer and it... In my mind, in my heart, I'm thinking, yeah, I probably shouldn't do this, but man, I'm going for it. All right. And you do that, and you fill yourself with junk food to the point to where you are full, and then when the good food comes, it's time for dinner, what? You're not really hungry. You know, the world has its way of tempting us with all kinds of junk food. All kinds of junk food. And we fill ourselves up and we think that's going to satisfy us. And it may, might taste great while you're eating it. But then later on, we say to ourselves, if you like me, oh, what was I thinking? I shouldn't have done that. I mean, there should be a limit on, on Cheetos, right? How many Cheetos can one guy eat anyway, right? I hope you don't notice my orange fingers this morning. But... Um, you know, the human body is actually designed to get hungry. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. If you think about it, God created us to, to have these bodies that, that eat and then expend that energy. And then we need to eat again, right? We need to refill the tank. We need to keep going. And so this process is actually something that God desires for us, that we need to continually be going back to the table to eat. And we have the the choice of how and what we're going to eat. 
And part of that is the spiritual disciplines of understanding that we need to, to feed on the word of God. So, so here we have in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 6, it says this. It says that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. And it says, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, if we go to that kitchen and we look and we look and we look and we think, what is it that's available to us to eat? If we will focus on the righteousness that God desires for us, what? We'll be blessed. There will be a blessing. So I'd like to explore that with you a little bit today and just talk about this hunger for righteousness. It's very interesting in Amos uh, Old Testament, chapter 8, verse 11 through 13, it says this. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine throughout the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. And in that day, the lovely young women and strong young men will faint because of thirst. You see, God knows that we were created to desire him, desire to be like him. We were created in the likeness and the image of God. And God knows that that's going to take some spiritual eating. We need, in order to, to maintain that image of God, we need to what? We need to eat the food that God wants for us. And he says, there's, there's a time when a famine is coming. And, and a famine is there, and we are created to what? Desire the word of God. Psalm 42 verse 2 says this, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? I know some of you have little kids, and, and hopefully... Uh, they just can't wait for Sunday morning, right? I don't know how many of you are... You just can't wait to get together to be with God's people. You can't wait to open God's Word. I mean, Pastor Brent has encouraged everybody to have the Word for the day, you know, that you get that Bible verse first thing in the morning. You wake up, there it is. And hopefully you're desiring that. That's something that you want to have happen in your life, that you actually are looking forward to... To, to really intersecting with God through his word. Psalm 63 verse 1 says this, O God, you are my God, I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. See, man has this natural hunger and thirst for who? For what? For God. David knows that. He says, I'm, I'm hungry and I'm thirsting for you, for you. And you know, Jesus tells us exactly what we should be on the hunt for to satisfy our spiritual lives. And so Jesus now, in his sermon, he's saying that we need to, to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness. So, so what kind of righteousness is there? Well, I think the first kind of righteousness that he's really talking about is a hunger for the desire to be in right relationship with God. Righteousness. A right relationship with God is how we define righteousness. And so we know that the original sin and the sin that we perpetuate is that 
desire to be our own God, to make our own decisions, to live our own life our own way. And we are constantly tempted to drift in that direction. And God calls us back to what? To right living. Right living. That is a sign of a right relationship with God. What is his disciples, what are they called to do? They're called to live like Jesus, to be like Jesus. And Jesus is God in human in human form. And so we are, we are informed by the life and the ministry of Jesus. And so as we see God's word, we see who Jesus is. We see how he interacted with other people. We see what he did in his life, how he was empowered by the Father to do all those things. We should desire that to be in right relationship with God. Romans 3.22 says this, Righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. What we are doing is we're saying Jesus paid the penalty for our sin, for our waywardness, for our doing things our own way, and he forgave us of that desire, and now he restores us to the place where we can now live the way he designed us to live. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Jesus has become our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. He fulfills all that so that we can live the way that God calls us to live. Philippians 3.9 says this, Not having a righteousness of my own, but that which is through faith in Christ. What faith is, it's believing in Christ and believing in such a way that we put our weight into him. We say, yes, I can do that. That's what faith, when people say, I've got faith, I can do that, right? So when the Bible explains who we are, how we were created by God, for God, we actually believe that. We, we put our weight into that. We sit in that. We say, I can do that. Why? Because Christ provides the forgiveness and the capacity with the Holy Spirit implanted in our lives to be able to live that kind of gracious, loving, compassionate life that Jesus lived. Philippians, I mean, excuse me, let's go on to the second one. The second uh, uh, aspect of righteousness is a hunger for outer righteousness. Now, what do I mean by that? Outer righteousness is the desire to get our outer life to match what's happened on the inside through Jesus, right? So that's where the frustration is. We've got this thing inside of us that says, yes, I want to be like Jesus, but it has a hard time getting out sometimes, right? And so here we are in in Philippians again, it says uh, in chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, therefore, Paul's talking to the, the, the Christian community, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. What Paul is saying here, he's got a couple of, of neat aspects. One, he's saying, hey, I'm really proud of you people because you not only act like Jesus when I'm here, but when I'm not here, it's like, wouldn't it be difficult if, you know, Pastor Brent kind of lived with you in your house? You'd be going like, oh, I can't be myself, right? Well, 
Essentially, that's what Paul is saying. He says, well, you were really good when I was with you. Yeah, you were on your best behavior when I was here. But he says, you know, I'm really proud of you because you're not only good when I'm here, but you're good when I'm not here. And we need to to be like Jesus, not just when the pastor's present or when the when the group gets together that's from the church. What we need to be like that at work. We need to be like that at home. We need to be like that at school. We need to be like that when we go on vacation. Because vacation is not a vacation from Christianity. Right? Known way too many people. It's like, I'm on vacation, therefore everything's up for grabs. And I do the things that I wouldn't normally do as a Christian. Really? You have an amazing opportunity to what? On a vacation, you have an opportunity to be Jesus in a different location. That's all. That's all. And you get to meet people that you otherwise wouldn't meet and intersect with. And now you get to carry Jesus right to their doorstep. So Paul is saying the, 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 the real difficult thing is not just that we've been forgiven, but that we live that forgiveness in a way that's reflected in our everyday life. So the third part of, social, uh, of righteousness is a social righteousness. As a matter of fact, uh, it's the desire for God's righteousness to affect the whole world. Not just you, not just you and your friends or you and your church or you and your little group. It's that we are here, just like Jesus, to affect the world. What was Jesus's uh, uh, kind of modus operandi? What, what, how did he operate in the world? He, he drifted toward the marginalized, the downcast, those who needed relief. Not, not just even spiritually, but physically. Those who were sick, those who were outcasts, those who were put on the margins of society. And he came to make a difference, to say, you are just as valuable as everybody else. So Jesus poured himself out. Matter of fact, some commentators actually translate the word righteousness as social justice. Do you have a deep desire to make righteousness move beyond your little circle? Do you care about the marginalized? Do you care about the homeless? Do you care about those who desperately need relief? I think Jesus would. Jesus showed that. So we need to involve ourselves in the world. Matter of fact, John Stott, he said this, Biblical righteousness is more than a private and personal affair. It includes social righteousness as well. And social righteousness is concerned with seeking man's liberation from oppression together with the promotion of civil rights, justice in law courts, integrity in business dealings, and honor in home and family affairs. Kind of covers it all, right? He, he, he's not saying anything that Jesus hasn't already said. He said we need to be like Jesus in all aspects of our life. And, and we're here to make an impact on society just like Jesus did. He changed the, the, the way the world thinks and the world lives. Interesting verse in the Old Testament in Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah said this, Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, 
to, to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless? You know, as believers, we need to be called to having a hunger for social righteousness as well. So we have those three tiers, right? The, the inner righteousness, the outer righteousness, and the social righteousness. But, you know, there are, there are common characteristics that, that, that cover all these areas of righteousness. Now, first thing is that it actually it follows God's plan, not our own. That when we talk about righteousness, Isaiah 55, 9 reminds us, it says, it says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know, what if I'm, what if I'm hungry, but I don't like what dad is cooking? You ever been in that scenario? I've been invited over to a lot of people's homes and and I just pray, 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 pray that they understand I don't like broccoli, you know? Um, it, was, it was funny. We, we, we went to one of our longtime friends, Janice and I had, had dinner, uh, this was about two weeks ago. And it was, it was so cute. It was so funny. My, my buddy, he was kind of, he's the main cook, you know, and he prepared the, the meal and, and he says, Hey, Bruce, he says, I remembered you don't like garlic, you know? And I said, Good on you, buddy, you know? Well, see, he was cooking for me. And I appreciated that. But, um, you know, God cooks for God. And if we're going, if we're going to, to eat at God's table, sometimes what he's cooking up for us to eat when it comes to righteousness is not going to initially taste very good. You know, I've known so many people who would love, they admire people like Mother Teresa. What a phenomenal woman. She gave her life to help those in, what was it, India, right? And she, she stayed with the dying. And, and, and you think, oh, what a wonderful person. But I don't want to do that. Why? That doesn't taste too good on the palate, right? It doesn't taste too good. So some of the righteousness that God calls us to is maybe an acquired taste. We don't really come to appreciate it as, as much as we should until finally this fly, someone pray that fly goes away, okay? Um, you're called a fly. Fly, okay. Um, be free. Uh, but there, there are a lot, I believe, of, of picky Christian eaters. Just saying, because I have been one of them. I like this, what Jesus said here. This, not so much, right? And and we need to understand that everything that Jesus puts on the plate is something that we should be eating, right? And what's really interesting, I like to believe this, that when we get to heaven, even broccoli is going to taste like chocolate. (laughs) <laughs> all right. I should have had more than one amen. I, I tell you that for sure. All right. But this is something that we really need to understand is that not everything that God calls us to do is easy. Not everything that God calls us to be is palatable. Sometimes it's really hard to swallow. You see what I did there? 
Hard to swallow? You know, okay. All right, we'll keep going. I think a second thing that um, is common to all these aspects of righteousness is that it requires a teachable and humble spirit. Um, It requires personal discipline to actually do what God called us to do. And remember, think back what righteousness is. It's that ability to, to have faith and believe that what Jesus calls us to do and be is possible through the Spirit. And so we believe that we can do this. We need to humble ourselves. Hebrews twelve eleven says this, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been tra- trained by it. You see, sometimes it takes a little effort to learn God's ways. It needs, needs some stick to And that implies that sometimes we need the family to encourage us, encourage one another, right? And so we need that in our life. I think a third aspect is this, that it brings glory to God, not to ourselves. Uh, it's really easy to fall into that trap of believing that you know, the more righteous you become, the more people think, oh, he's a nice guy, he's a good guy, he's great. It's like, no, 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 this is really all about Jesus. And we should know that none of us in our own power have the potential, have the possibility to be like Jesus. And so it's only giving glory to God. We want, we want to be good so God looks good, not us. Psalm 23, 3 says, He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness. For whose sake? His name's sake, right? For his name's sake. And the last common uh, common attribute uh, to righteousness is that it actually satisfies. What does Jesus say? He says, blessed are you who hunger and thirst. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> wow. That was like perfect timing. Man. I think he was, mm, it's even got ice in it. Wow. All right. All right. Hunger and thirst for what? For righteousness. You know, in the 1960s, and I was there, the Rolling Stones became famous for a song that depicted the generation of the day. Remember it? I can't finish it. I can't get no satisfaction. You know, it's still happening today. And sadly, there are still there are people who have have embraced the love and compassion and mercy and forgiveness of Jesus, but still feel dissatisfied. And I'm convinced that the reason for that is because there's no hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, it, it's a hard thing to do, but to put ourselves out there where we finally say to ourselves and to those who love us most, I need some help. I need some help to put away the violent video games that don't do anything to promote righteousness. I need help to keep myself from being a consumer that soaks up all of the resources God has put at my disposal to help the poor. 
and the marginalized. I need help to overcome my desire to think that that things will satisfy me. And maybe, just maybe, we'll feel more blessed by being more righteous than having more stuff. We all need help. Not judgment. Because we've all been there. We all do that periodically. But we need help to move deeper into spiritual righteousness. John Stott says there's perhaps no greater secret of progress in Christian living than a healthy, hearty, spiritual appetite. So as Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then everything you need, it'll fall in line. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.